Welcome, everybody, to the Above the Rim Game Day podcast. I am Vince Curran, along with Penn coach Steve Donahue, brought to you by the Penn Champions Club. Coach, FDU Florum on Wednesday night. Your man, Joe Torty, was trying to set me up. I felt like Marion Barry. He said, we should just call them F Duff. And I said, you know, I'm going to, if you start that, I'm going to slip. I don't have a chance. <laughs> yeah, that would have been an uh, interesting radio event, man. I think he was but trying it, to get me off the air. Well, Torty's a professional, you know, and I, I, I think he's testing your professionalism there. Well, he did unveil his roller derby name. Uh, on our broadcast the other night and in games that have a uh, a wide margin like that we have a lot of latitude to fill and joe said his roller derby name would be the tornado so i said come on you have to have been thinking about that one your entire life he said he swears it just came to him but i don't believe it seriously you know um i i know we play a, a couple of these nom ones and i think everyone in our league this year is playing two of them and Sometimes it's just, in particular, in the Ivies, you play so many games in the first semester. We're the smallest league in the country, so we play the most non-league games. And sometimes you stuff them in there and you're traveling. I thought this gives you an opportunity to play at home, play some guys that you really want to see out there. For instance, Nick Polonowski and Cam Thrower and Augie Gerhardt. And it just gives you a chance to – see what those guys can do and give them reps. So you must have read my notes because that was the first question I was going to ask you, how a game like this come together. And I, like, I almost get it at first game of the year, and it, just, it seemed like an odd spot here. And it's almost like you just had to fit it into an open window. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll, we'll probably won't play two ever again. I don't think so, and maybe not one. But this year, with all the youth, I thought it made sense. Um, and it really helped us you know, just because of what we've been practicing on, then to go do it against someone else and then have a bunch of younger guys. Uh, you know, Chris Abucci, he's been here two years. He played 15 minutes, and I thought he showed that there's some promise there. Those those kind of experiences are why we do this. Well, how do you keep Colin Chambers out of the lineup at this point? Three threes showing he's the best shooter in that family, which is, you know, it's like dating the prettiest girl in Trenton. It's a dubious distinction at best. Yeah, you know what, Colin is um he is such a smart player by now. He's almost like a coach out there. And yeah, uh, he does that same stuff in practice. Um you know, I ask our guys all the time, watch what Colin does. He utilizes all of his physical ability that he has, and he's got a you know, the brains behind it. And you saw he can shoot the ball as well. I thought he had to be ready on that first one. I was saying on our broadcast, if he lets that one go, he's in the double digits. You're right. You know, his dad would have let it go. Well, his, his dad would have been looking for somebody else to pass it to. Hopefully yours truly. But, uh, you know, if he were smart, he would have sent it somewhere else. Uh, so another thing that has manifested itself over the course of low these many games early in the year has been Joe Torrey and I need to pick a player to watch. And uh, we have been on a horrific bad streak. We picked Laskowski who plays seven and a half minutes the other night, Carson Woods, who has four points for FDUF. The, the, I think our worst one going at this point was the uh, Monmouth-Lafayette game. The two bigs combined for 55 points the day before and have won in that game. You got any any insight for me on this game coming up, or would you like me to pick somebody from Kentucky 
so that they go really bad that day. Man, I like that strategy then, man. The truth is um, college athletics and these kids, um, there's so many ups and downs, in particular earlier in the year. It does make it hard to figure out who the heck is going to perform like they did the night before. And, you know, consistency is what makes players really good, not just one uh, performance. I feel strong about our core now that they're going to have good games, game in and game out. But I'm still looking for, you know, number six, seven, eight, and nine to really solidify what we're going to have to do in the league when we get there. Well, speaking of the league, you talked about how we are the smallest league in the country. And this is a, a scenario which seems to be uh, on the horizon for, for at least for Penn for the foreseeable future. A bunch of games in November, then it slows down a little bit in December, and then you start to kind of get ramped up with a spread out league schedule at the end. You know my solution to that. Go poach Army and Navy, become a 10-team league, and have an 18-game 18, 18 league season. They have the academic pedigree. They have the institutional quality. They have the facilities. I think we were we as a league are crazy not to go after those two schools. Nobody else works. Nobody else. It, it doesn't make sense with, with anybody else. Other schools have football, and other schools have, have other considerations. But I think Army and Navy fit perfectly. I think you make a, a really good suggestion, uh, and they're in our footprint, and we are in leagues, uh, other sports where those two do do uh, have a part in our competition. Um, you know, it is it's difficult scheduling outside of our league just because we have so much more time or more games and less time to do it. Um, Army Navy, then man, I, I I have no problem with that. I think. You hit all the, the key points that I think our presidents will look at. And um, I think you need to campaign for that and get it going. Given that this is also Army-Navy weekend, one other thought that I have if we're into these multi-team events is how do you not have a commander's classic or something like that? Get both of those teams here for this weekend. Play a Friday, Saturday, Sunday or something like that. Get a, th get a third visiting team and that could be something to add on to the Cathedral of College Basketball Classic. I know we can only play in one, but it gives you an opportunity to get multiple games on campus with quality teams and, and something to build around. Because I know I've, I've spoken with you about it. I know how hard it is to fill out the schedule with good quality games. Yeah, I, I like that too. We tried to get Navy. I'm trying to get Navy for the Cathedral Classic. But um, the Eva, we played one time when I was an assistant we played uh, Navy here at the Palestra the night before the Army-Navy game when it was always in Philadelphia. Um, once again, Vin, man, I think you make a good point. I have no problem with that. So if we can get Lefko as the commissioner of the Ivy League or the president of the school, then we, we may be able to uh, advance this a little bit. He can move the needle. Yes, he could. Uh, so looking forward to this game, to use a horse racing term, it's a step up, step up in class. We're going from a, a claimer to a grade one stakes race, Kentucky, one of the blue bloods coming into the palestra. How did this game come together? Because normally you say, oh, all right, we're going to go play at Kentucky. We're so playing at Auburn, playing at Houston. Kentucky all of a sudden say, oh, you know what? We're coming to you. What, what was the genesis of that? You know, after we went through the big five and the, the negotiations with Wells Fargo, I recognized like, they want more college basketball in that arena. 
And then Joe Mahalik, my assistant, and I just started calling schools like Duke and Carolina and Blue Bloods to see if they would want to consider a neutral site game. The other part of that, Vin, man, part of the NIL that's allowed under state rules is that you can do NIL deals for your players if it's a neutral site game. So Kentucky, when I hit John Calipari with this, he thought that would be a great way for him to take some of this revenue, and it's all up to them what they do, to try to negotiate NIL deals with promoters for the game. And, you know, it worked. Um, and I, our guys are so excited to play a team like Kentucky in that arena, in our hometown. Um, that's what we try to do here at Penn is try to provide them with incredible college basketball experiences. And here we go Saturday. We have a great one for them. Well, when I go to the track, I like to bet the jockey and the trainer. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to put you in uh, and Calipari and, and, and have you make your case because I would already pick you. But I got to think Phil Samko is taking on all comers from the Kentucky side on the training standpoint. You would think he would be hands down, but man, he's uh, trained, trained our guys. And in all honesty, like a trainer in college uh, nowadays with – so many kids have so much information, the ability for Sam to like have those guys trust in his treatment. And we've been knock on wood really healthy this year. And it's helped us. It's helped us grow in practice. And it hasn't been that way for a couple of years. And Phil has done an incredible job this year. And he does it with a smile on his face and a glow <laughs> in his eye. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's nothing like a feel good moment with Phil Samco. That's for sure. Once every 50 years, whether you need it or not. Talking again about Kentucky, what what do you see from them? I mean, uh, yeah, obviously, uh, Wagner doesn't play last week, and they have a tough one against UNC Wilmington, but uh, they obviously are extremely talented. Calipari gets them playing playing hard and playing fast. What, what do you anticipate from them, and what are the keys for you heading into that game on Saturday? And then, man, I, I, our defense has been our – our key focus over the last two weeks and it's got to continue to grow. We're just allowing too much penetration. And now Kentucky, this is what they do. It's very simplistic, but they, they drive it, they kick it, they shoot it. They go in transition, all the things that we really got to get better at. They're going to test us. And it's not your typical Kentucky team. Uh, they have one big that plays a lot, but they play guards that are future NBA players. And, they put you out there on an island. You got to somehow guard and keep them in front and make them shoot challenge jumpers. Uh, it's just a little different, typical Kentucky. But in a lot of ways, it's stuff that we got to get better at, and we're excited for the challenge. So Jay Wright, I always say, is one of the best branders or was one of the best branders in college basketball. He was oh, this Villanova basketball and Big East basketball, and he would do all this branding. Calipari was masterful when he came up with the term, it's the dribble, dribble drive offense, right? Dribble drive. Well, what, what the hell does that mean? It means, you know, you just go. Give the ball to Derrick Rose, have him dribble drive, and see how it goes, right? And it's like you're all of a sudden putting a plan around no plan. Like when I just asked you, hey, what do they do? Well, they drive it, and then they kick it, right? It, yeah. it, it's simplistic, but when you have the horses, to use a Lexington term, it works, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think 
I think one one thing I've I've only played John once, um, and it was a Sweet Sixteen game, and I just thought he was prepared defensively. One thing he does do at that level is get those kids to play really hard. Uh, and I think part of that is what you touched on. He makes it very simple, but you better give effort. Uh, for us, you know, we 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 want that challenge. Uh, it's not about what they're going to do uh, tactically, but they're going to challenge you, and you got to be tough and smart and help each other out so you can limit penetration and make them shoot hard shots. Last thing for you, Steve. Stepping away from the game coming up Saturday, I know you don't have a ton of time to be watching other teams in the league at this point in the year, but, man, it has been a really good start for the league. A lot of good wins, a lot of teams playing really well. I, I think Yale has has maybe as tough as our loss against LaSalle was. I think Yale may have gotten victimized even worse by the end of their game against Vermont with the – push off charge and then the four point play I mean, up up five with 3.8 seconds to go. James Jones had to be feeling pretty good about himself, but generally what are your thoughts on what you've seen from the league so far? And one more thing, I think Brown, who I think is one of the higher end teams in the league, not off to a great start from a win loss perspective. So you've got teams that have been a little bit unexpected and the teams that you know are going to come. I think we've seen this trend now for four, five, six years where we used to be ranked 27th out of 32 conferences. Now there was last week, we were 11th out of 32. It's a high level league. And um, to your point, it's everybody. Um, Brown has, has struggled, but like they just beat Rhode Island at Rhode Island uh, the other night. They have talent. We know returning uh, Columbia, who, which is, you know, building up for this year. Now they're winning games. And I just think it's going to be one of the wildest uh, regular seasons in the Ivy League. And we got to start giving ourselves credit that this, there's two or three teams each year now that could go to the NCAA tournament and do damage. To me, it just happened to be Princeton last year. Uh, obviously, we want to be that team this year that gets into the tournament and then I think all of us in this league feel we should be able to win games in this tournament now. Okay, there you have it. That has been the Above the Rim Game Day Contact. Penn, Kentucky, 12 o'clock Saturday at the Wells Fargo Center. Coach Steve Donahue, thanks for joining us, and we will see you on Saturday. Thanks, Vim. See everybody there. Go Quakes.